Welcome back to Follow Our Lead. I am Pascal Damo. And I'm Cooper Creel. And for today's episode, we are discussing cultural understanding, diversity, equality, and inclusion in the arts. We have two special guests today. Please welcome Melissa and Candy. Thank you and hello. Hello. At the Lead Center this season, we have multiple cultural-oriented shows, which are bringing awareness to different cultures. For example, a few weeks ago, we had the Chinese Warriors of Peking, which was a show that celebrated different martial arts forms in China, and we had a month-long celebration featuring talks and master classes, and it was just a really great time to learn about that culture. We also had Ballet Folklorico come, and they are a dance group, which is, they're all traditionally uh, trained, but they do folklore as well, and we had some master classes with them, with our dance students, as well as a mariachi master class, actually, with the music. So, to our guests, uh, if you could all tell me a little bit more about yourselves. I don't, I just met you both today. So, what, you know, say your major, your year in school, and where you're from. Hi, I'm Kendi and Pimne. I'm a freshman. My major is criminal justice with a minor in psychology, mm-hmm. and I am from Nigeria. Wow, thank you for being here. I am Melissa Kambulu. I'm a freshman here at UNL. I'm going pre-med with a Bachelor of Science. I'm from the Democratic Republic of Congo. So can you please tell us, like, what are your backgrounds in the arts? Well, for me, Kendi, my backgrounds would be like I dance a lot. I've been dancing since I was like younger, mostly because like my parents are like, oh, you can dance. Go show them what you can do because Africans love competition and they always want their child to be the best. So, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> As for me, Melissa, I have danced at church, weddings, and other special events throughout my community. This question is for you, Melissa. Last year you were part of well, and during the summer, you're part of a group called Pomoko, which was organized by a man named Faustin Zabanga. He just immigrated from the Congo three years ago with his family. And then he, back there, he used to be an actor in theatrical shows there, mm. com- comedy shows mostly. So when he got here, he realized that there's a huge population of Congolese community here in Lincoln. Wow. But like, we don't really do a lot of culturally events. So he decided to start this event called Bomoko, and he wanted this to he wanted his kids and other kids to be part of it so they can still have that part of them, that part of their culture with them, so that they don't forget where they come from, they don't forget their roots and all that stuff. And this event was also one event that brought both Congos together, because in Lincoln we have people from the Republic of Congo, which is where I'm from, and then we have people like Melissa who are from the Dem- Democratic Republic of Congo. So this event brought all the kids and all the families together. So my question for you, Melissa, is what does Bomoko mean to you? Since I was not born in Congo and I was raised here in the United States, I have not exactly experienced life in Congo or most of the traditions there. So the dance group, to me, through it, I was able to learn more about my culture, my culture through skits, dancing, music, and more. I think it is important people know their background and that they embrace it. Even if I have assimilated to American culture, I will not forget my roots. Being a part of Bomoko, I feel like I have a piece of my roots closer to me. Thank you. So for you guys who don't know, Bomoko means as one, since mm. like both Congos were separated with like colonization and all that stuff. We share the same culture, same languages, same dance. We're practically the same people. One main thing that differs us is 
the Republic of Congo was colonized by the Fran- French, mm-hmm. and so we speak French. And then the um, Democratic Republic of Congo was colonized by Belgium, so they they speak like Belgium French, which, ah. which is different from France French. So gotcha. <laughs> that's like the one thing. It's like it's very different. Like for instance, like with numbers, once you get to seventy in French, you say soixante but in Belgium French, you would say septante. Oh. So that's like a whole different, yeah. you know, it's a whole different thing. But when you come down to like the African culture, you are the same people, same music, same cultural backgrounds, same languages, same food, everything is the same. It's just that colonization part divided us into different countries. That has also caused a lot of like conflicts between two, the both Congos where uh-huh. like some of the people don't want to talk to these people you or they don't want to marry somebody from different congo it's just like that kind of stuff so when we have events like bomoko it just helps us to get closer to each other and realize that at the end of the day we're the same people like there's really no difference except for flags that look different (laughs) that you know we're the same people i wanted to ask melissa how do you think music and arts has helped the relationship and the chaos um, between these two countries. I believe that music always seems to bring people closer to each other and help them come together as a community. I would say it brings a greater positive emotion. Music is one of the traditions remaining in which people of different backgrounds can share a common interest. Hearing a song can bring back emotions and reminding us of a particular time in our lives. Thank you. So, Candy, I understand dance is something that is close to your heart, too, and you are the lead dancer of Royal Behavior Dancers, so can you tell me more about that group? Definitely. So, Royal Behavior Dancers actually started just as, like, so my mom's birthday is October 1st, and October 1st is also the Nigerian independence. So Mm -hmm. one year, 2016 to be specific, I was like, well, let's gather all my friends. We can just dance for mommy. Oh, I love well, that. Well, that turned into me choreographing everything, picking all the songs, uh-huh. like rehearsing with the girls, setting times. And October 2016, I was 16. So I was just like doing all this as a 16-year-old going to school. And I'm like, this is actually pretty cool. And I was just doing it for fun because I wanted to make my mom proud. She didn't know what was going to happen. And so it did happen. And everyone absolutely loved it. And I was really inspired to like keep going, and it didn't really become like officially official with a title until summer 2017 when we did our annual July 4th celebration. And at that time, actually, Pascal <laughs> is the one that came up with the name, and I was like, I really like that. Uh-huh. So we kind of like latched on and kept it. And I dance because it's a good way to like exercise. It's a good way for me to express myself. And people see me and they're like, oh, you can dance. And in my head, I'm like, I can't really dance. <laughs> people <laughs> think dance. I can. Uh-huh. I'm just like, okay, great. Like now I feel like a leader and I feel like I'm doing something and I'm changing something. And it makes me feel like I'm able to be something that I thought that I couldn't do. Oh, that's yeah. really beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. I am also part of this dance group. So um, I've known Candy for a while. Um, just like being with her in this dance group, I have seen her grow so much as a person. She's now more tolerable of people. Her anger comes down a little. Like if you're late, <laughs> she knows how to control her emotions <laughs> now than she used to before. So I feel like 
being part of this dance group has helped her grow more as a person and i just love watching her grow sometimes just like i'm not gonna help you for this performance you can do it all by yourself just for me to like see her and how she's gonna manage it so i actually really love watching you grow into a wonderful young lady <laughs> okay um I have another question. Can you tell us more about some cultural practices in your country that reflects the importance of art? Millie, can you answer this question for us? I would say that in Congo, a lot of tribes have different dances and songs that they would listen to or perform at certain events, or they would wear specific costumes for a certain moment and that like represented history once upon a time and just like through all this it just reflects the beauty of congo thank you to our two guests for those beautiful stories we really value your culture and the perspective you bring to this podcast uh when we were deciding to do a podcast for the lead center we were just really hoping to offer another educational resource to students and so um, thank you for participating in that My name is Andrea. I was born in Mexico in the city of Querétaro. Um, I started dancing since I was really little, but my mom just didn't have the money or like transportation to take me to like an actual school. So I would just like participate at different events in school. When I was around 12 and I started going to like middle school, the group of like different classrooms, they had like an event um, and they would ask me to like choreograph. Mm -hmm. So I, I started choreographing when I was 12. Then I continued doing it until I moved to the United States. We started looking for different like ballet schools and things like that. But I think I was intimidated by all the cultural differences that they had. And like, I just didn't feel welcome at some points. So we found a ballet folklorico, which is basically like Mexican traditional dances. Mm -hmm. They danced at my middle school. And as soon as I saw them, I was like, okay, I kind of want to be a part of that. Back in the day, it was Xotal, ballet folklorico, and I became a part of it. Then they offered me to become a part of the professional ballet once they became Mexican Dance Academy of Nebraska. So I moved with them, and I became a part of the professional ballet. And by the time I was, like, 17, since I had already choreographed when I was little, and I really liked it, I became an instructor for different levels, mm -hmm. um, kind of, like, showing them technique, because I was also taking other, like, classes, like contemporary and ballet and hip-hop and tap at a different place, like, in my high school. So... They gave me the chance to teach and not just be a part of a ballet mm -hmm. and to get some money to move into college. So that's kind of how that started. And I stayed there teaching until I was a sophomore in college. When I had the chance to dance at the Orpheum Theater with the Mexican Dance Academy of Nebraska, it was the first time that they had a folklorical ballet in that like event. And it was like a big deal because they were like, okay, like, we're finally being recognized mm -hmm. here in Nebraska. So we had the chance to dance there, and it was, like, a different feeling than whenever I had danced. Like, I've danced in, like, 
multiple uh, events. But that was like a different feeling, just kind of like having that opportunity to share my culture with other people. And there was a group of people who brought the Mexican flag to the event. And when we were dancing, like they pulled up the flag and they started like screaming like Viva Mexico. And it was like different because you could feel how they were proud of what we were doing. I feel like sadly, like especially right now, there's a lot of stereotypes and negative comments being made about like not just my culture or like other cultures, but when it comes to like Mexican people, like they've had all these stereotypes that have been created mm -hmm. that create an image of a culture that in reality like doesn't exist or doesn't represent who I am or in who my family is and who my friends are. So having the opportunity to go to an event where you see the reality of that country, the reality of their culture, and you see a different aspect that is not what you see on the news and what you hear from like people and politicians. So it gives you the chance to understand, to get rid of those stereotypes and have the opportunity to try and connect mm -hmm. with the different aspect of that culture and kind of like see that there's more mm -hmm. that you can learn from. And it just kind of like opens, opens up for you to try to learn more about the culture. That was Andy Trejo, who is a student at UNL studying psychology and political science, and she is part of the Lambdas sorority, and she has been passionate about arts and dance and music from a very young age. So ladies, on the scene you guys are UNL students, so I wanted to ask you, why is it important for college students to be exposed to different cultures? Candy? I feel like college students are really oblivious to the fact that yeah there are different cultures around and sometimes like depending on like what high school or background or place that you were grown up when like something like that like the nature versus nurture aspect like mm -hmm. your environment always plays a role into how open you are to the aspect of life and the different people in it with their different cultures and backgrounds and I feel like if you don't have the different cultures and backgrounds, whatever you're thinking of making a decision, your decision is always really narrow. And that always brings up like, oh, why are you being racist? And it's like, I'm not being racist, it's just that I didn't know. And a lot of times you do things unconsciously and then people like want to nag about you and be like, oh, why, why did they do this and why did they do that? And it always stirs up a lot of trouble. So it's like, if you don't know something, then you can't be mad at that person for not knowing. So it's always good for like a college student or anyone in general to just be aware of the different cultures and backgrounds that are there. Thank you, Candy, for all your wonderful answers, and I love everything that you've said, and it's true. And now we're going to switch to Melissa to please add on to this conversation. Many of the problems we have in this world are due to misunderstandings, so when they're people are more exposed to like a certain group of people or just like multiple groups of people then they're willing to be more open and more accepting and yeah thank you to our two guests candy and melissa we are so grateful for your perspectives and for being our guests on today's podcast we are really looking forward to creating more podcasts this season and offering more educational resources to the students of the university of nebraska this podcast episode was produced by Pascal Andamo and edited by Abby Kurth. And thanks to mixon.bandcamp.com for providing the music. That's all for today, folks. Until next time, I'm Follow or Lead. 
the arts in context.